Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hi, I'm Patrice Lee Anbuka, Senior Policy Analyst with the Independent Women's Forum. And for today's program, we have Carrie Lucas, President at IWF. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Patrice. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I mean, actually, today we're trading roles. Usually you're asking me the questions, but I get to interview you about paid leave. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Terrific. Well, you know, it, it, this is really an interesting issue. You know, I'm kind of excited to see it being debated um, alongside some of those traditional conservative issues. And, and you, myself, and other dads out there, you know, we, re- we realize the importance of paid leave um, and, you know, that peace of mind that being able to take time off to take care of, to, to have a baby or even adopt a child um, is, especially without, you know, the fear of losing your job. And so it's really been amazing to see this issue move on to the national stage um, from last summer all the way up into the president's budget proposal. Um, and, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been hearing lots of different types of proposals uh, to deal with uh, paid leave. And so that's where we're going to kind of jump into. Um, recently, there's a new report out from the, the American Enterprise Institute, which is a center-right think tank. Uh, and they've uh, teamed up with the Brookings Institute, which is a center-left organization or think tank, to put forward what they're calling a bipartisan solution to paid leave. So, Carrie, I would love for you to kick us off talking about what this solution is and kind of the process they went to get through, they went through to get to it. Sure. You know, it really is. It's um, AEI um, and Brookings both are, are very serious organizations, and it's, um, they do a lot of great work. And so it's no surprise that their support that their, this report that they produce does contain a lot of great information about kind of the state of paid leave, um, the options that are out there, and then a rigorous analysis of, of kind of the, the pros and cons of those approaches. Um, they did have a, a, a pretty large working group, and they are, they're honest in the report of saying that there was a lot of, um, of divergence in opinion, and, um, and it was difficult to, to move towards a consensus. Um, they do then come, come forward with, um, with saying that, that everyone in the working group agreed it was time for the federal government to um, take action and try to um, uh, create a, a benefit, a guarantee for all working Americans. The compromise solution that they come up with is um, is a, essentially a new federal entitlement program um, that would provide, um, a, a, I believe it was six weeks of, of paid leave and for up to 70% replacing the wages um, of seven, uh, by 70%. So if you were making 100 bucks, they would give you 70 bucks. The federal government would give you $70 um, and um, up to a cap. So it would be, um, you know, so that um, workers who make uh, above a certain amount would be getting um, you know, not, not fully 70% of their wages. But that was basically their approach, and they'd be paying for it by a, by a payroll tax. You know, and it's, it's interesting to see that they went this, this far. Um, I personally think there's a lot of concerns about taking such a, a one-size-fits-all kind of sweeping approach to, um, to providing uh, a paid leave um, benefit. Um, but that's where, that's where the EEI report came out. Well, you know, that's interesting that you, you talk about them taking such a sweeping, sweeping approach. Let's back up and really identify how widespread is the lack of access to paid leave? I mean, is this really a big problem? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's, um, it's certainly um, when it's certainly there is a there is a subset of the population that lacks paid leave and could use more support. But I think we have to, again, even when we start looking at some of the numbers, you know, you'll hear statistics like only um, you know, less than 20 percent of workers have access 
to paid family leave. Well, that's that's really not so. Which would make you think that it's you know four out of every five workers is um is kind of suffering from a lack of this leave. But that's not that's not what we're talking about. Um, uh, you know, most about eighty percent of full time workers have access to um, um, to some t- paid leave benefits, sick leave, vacation time, um, and those um, benefits can usually be used. You know, obviously, if you're having a baby or if you're adopting a baby, that's not something that happens kind of unexpectedly tomorrow. You have some time to plan. You can try to save up your vacation time instead of making a trip. You can kind of I mean, plan on having that vacation time. Um, uh, you're using it when, when you need to, when the baby's born. Um, so a lot of people, when you look at what actually happens to, to new moms, um, you know, more than half of them do have paid time off following the birth of a child. Now, that doesn't mean that, that everybody has the leave they want and everybody has sufficient time off, but I do think it's important not to um, kind of not to overblow it as if all workers are suffering from this. And we also, you know, just as importantly, I think we have to remember that when we look at, at the, what, what workers lack and you know, who's, what, what problems we're trying to solve, yes, it's important to think about giving people paid time off from work, but we also have to recognize that there's a whole lot of people out there, too, who have part-time jobs and who can't have full-time jobs. So there's a lot of people, that a lot of women out there who are, um, even those who are pregnant who are saying, okay, sure, I'd love to have some paid time off from work. But you know what I want even more than that? I want a full-time job so that I can be earning money right now in anticipation of having of having that baby. Um, so, so again, I think that you know you, this isn't you shouldn't look at this in a vacuum or over um, kind of um, you know, oversimplify this as if all workers um, have a problem that, that government needs to come in and solve. Well, you know, it's interesting that um, you know uh, that, that there's such a focus on moms. Um, you tell me, who do you think should be re- receiving paid leave benefits? Because when we look at some of the different solutions out there, some are just for women, some are for for moms and dads, and and some some paid leave policies are even broader than that. So, can you talk about you know what, what who's targeted yeah. by this this policy, and who should actually be receiving paid leave? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because the AEI report talks about the need to make it. Um, gender neutral so that men as well as mm-hmm. women um, have access to paid leave. And that's, you know, and it's, it's um, and that's certainly a nice sentiment. Of course we want, we just like we want moms involved in, um, in taking care of their babies. Um, they want, you know, people want dads involved too, you know, but it is interesting. You know, but on the other hand, um, we have to recognize also that there's some, um, some drawbacks to this, this policy, obviously, um, you know, paid leave or these paid leave benefits don't come from nowhere. You know, they, they, either, they have to be paid for. So they have to be paid for and they have to be, um, uh, they have to be, you know, when, when workers don't show up at work, that falls on other workers. Um, and so there is also a, a matter, a little bit of a matter of fairness. Um, you know, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a mom. I've got, I've had five kids. Um, I've certainly um, taken, you know, when I, and I've very, been very aware that when, you know, I take off time um, to give birth or to take care of my kids, that doesn't mean that the work I need to do disappears. That means somebody else is doing the work I have to do. And that's often women who don't have children or men who don't have children or men who do have children and um, have to, uh, to take, up, uh, um, take on responsibilities that are kind of outside their wheelhouse. So, again, I think we do have to be real careful when we're talking about this and, um, and recognize that there, is, there are issues of fairness. You know, for every woman, you know, we, we talk a lot about maternity leave, and, of course, people need time off when they give birth. But then you hear about people dealing with serious illnesses and you say, boy, you know, it's kind of tough that, you know, uh, when a woman has a, if you've got a, I mean, I've had some, I was very fortunate. I very um, kind of easy births and had some, uh, you know, I, I don't think I 
you know, medically, I'm sure it's great to get to take six weeks off entirely, but that's not something I probably medically needed. But then I hear some women who are facing other like health issues and say, well, you know, it's, it's not really fair if, if I have if the federal government says you, know, you have to get or the, everybody owes you six weeks off on the, to bond with your baby. But what about somebody who's, whose kid has cancer or who have cancer themselves or some other serious condition? So that's why I think that it's, you know, we have to, you know, we have to kind of look at the big picture here and make sure that we're not picking winners and losers arbitrarily and really be cautious about creating, deciding how, um, how we're going to handle all of these situations um, you know, by, by making the federal government decide who it is that deserves these benefits and who doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you touched on some really good uh, drawbacks and, and challenges to this report. Uh, I'd love for you to, to expand a couple on a couple more, you know, especially when we look at uh, plans overseas. Other countries have instituted policies, paid leave, generous paid leave policies before, and have had some unex- unintended consequences. So can you talk about some of the, 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 the drawbacks? Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, when we when we look at what goes on in Europe, they do have um, have much much more generous um, paid ta- um, paid leave paid time off, much more than what um, what AEI has been recommending for here in the in the United States. But it is kind of worth worth noting um, that uh, that employers, you know, it's you know, you love the idea of an employer being um, kind of blind to this and not taking into consideration who it is that's going to be exercising these uh, these leave benefits. But in the real world, that's just not how it works. And um, unsurprisingly, um, when you look at how things go in the EU, where they have, uh, where women often are taking, um, you know, months out of the workforce, sometimes six months or, or nine months, uh, women are much less likely than men to be in um, in managerial positions. Uh, they're about half as likely as men are. Where here in the United States, women are just as likely as men. And certainly, part of that is because there is an expectation. When an employer looks at a woman um, in the EU, they say, oh, gosh, you know, she's probably going to go if she's married and she's in her 30s. Uh, there's a high probability that she's going to be di- disappearing from the office for, for months on end. And that clearly affects their expectations for what that woman or how they, they should be thinking about that woman in ter- terms of her job responsibilities. And we don't want that to happen here in the United States. Right now, I don't think it does too much. And, you know, six weeks is, a big, is very different from, from six months. But it is something that people have to consider because, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, I'm the president of the Independent Women's Forum. And not surprisingly, issues of maternity leave come up quite a bit at the Independent Women's Forum. We have people having babies a lot. I think that's a great thing. And we work really hard to try to support um, our employees when they are taking time off from work or when they have other, other challenges. But I also have to make ends meet. I also have to consider what's fair to, um, to um, our, our um, employees who don't have kids, not make sure that it's all um, – and they're always kind of um, taking up the slack for people who have family responsibilities. So, you know, these are considerations that, that really, you know, I don't think that it's, I, I worry about the idea of a one-size-fits-all solution because this isn't a one-size problem. <laughs> people have different, you know, whether it depends on what kind of jobs you, you have, um, what kind of the needs of the, the um, businesses, as well as the needs of the, of the workforce, what really makes sense. That's why I find I'm very um, I'm very hesitant. I, I, I worry about um, proposals like are coming out of AEI, which would really take a lot of discretion out of the hands of companies and just say, okay, federal government says here's how we should do it, so that's how we're going to do it. Hmm. Yeah, and, and you touched on this a little bit earlier. The fact that it's paid, that, that nothing is, that this is a new entitlement that would be paid for, um, you know, through uh, things like a, a tax increase. They, they call it a modest increase, but that means that everybody is paying for it. That's that broad, that sweeping approach. Yeah. What, what do you think are the alternative 
plans that are out there that are probably a better way of approaching this? You know, it, it's, it's interesting because it, this, this is, I, I feel like we need to, it's really important for us to have this conversation because you're right, this is the way that the AEI plan would be paid for is by an employee, a, a tax on employees so that um, this would be coming out of your paycheck, my paycheck, the paycheck of, of all, every man and woman working, whether or not they have, they've had children, um, whether or not they plan to have kids, whether or not if they're you know, gay or lesbian or infertile. There's a lot of things out there. You know, a lot of people who might not use this benefit who are going to be paying into it. That might make people a little bit frustrated when it comes to if we're talking specifically just about a paid parental leave. Um, but then, you know, so let's look at some alternatives. What I think is the most important thing is that we really should be trying to focus support and find solutions that directly provide aid to people who need it. You know, if you're making, or if you're making a, a, a pretty good wage, if you're ma- uh, making well over the average wage in America, you know, I think that, that, that you should be negotiating your benefits with your employer. If you're making a, have a, have a good salary, then I, I trust that you're going to be able to figure this out. You may decide that you would rather have more take-home pay um, and less benefits, save on your own for, for time off from work, and make those provisions. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's the business of the federal government to dictate what every worker in America has in terms of their, federal, of their um, benefits package and how their employment contract should work. That's why I think we should really be focusing on, on low-income folks, people who it is the, the – you know, when you hear the, the story of a woman who is – you know, struggling with a low-wage you know, low job, has, you know, has a C-section, uh, um, and needs, doesn't have paid time off from work, you know, that's the woman that we should be trying to figure out how to expand the safety net to help her. We've talked about ways like using the, the, the president has discussed uh, possibly trying to find a way to um, have the unemployment insurance system step up and, and support a woman like that. I think that's worth exploring more. Um, we've, uh, I, you know, the Independent Women's Forum has talked about um, using potentially using um, something modeled on the EITC program so that you could kind of give somebody like that a just-in-time boost in income to help through that time when she can't work. Um, we've also talked about the importance of, of encouraging people to save tax-free for, um, for times when they, for, um, for, you know, times when they can't, can't work, looking at um, something like, a, like almost a health savings account, but for family and medical leave um, benefits. So those are all approaches that I think we should be looking at. But again, I think the real, we need to make sure we're defining the problem right and looking at those who really can't provide for leave on themselves that we need to focus our attention on so that we don't, you know, we don't inadvertently harm women's economic opportunities, make our workplaces less flexible, which I think is what would ultimately a a government entitlement program would do. Um, So, so those are some of the considerations. There's, there's no easy magic bullet to solving this problem, but so we need to really have a big conversation about the trade-offs of different approaches. This has been really fascinating. I think I have maybe two more questions for you, Carrie. Now, this first sure. is, is very fundamental. Um, the authors at an event when they released this report, they said the, head, the biggest headline is, it's not if the federal government should provide paid leave, but how they should provide paid leave. So that's a very fundamental um, assumption that they're laying down there. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Yeah, I just I strongly disagree. Um, you know, I think that this that we really this um, the federal government was created to do a few jobs well. Um, the, certainly, the founders did not intend for the federal government to be in, jo- in charge of deciding the benefit package for all working Americans. I think that's a little bit. I think that's a, a tremendous um, um, you know stretch of what our government was intended to do. And as we know, every time the government steps in and decides. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna set the rules for this, and oh, isn't it gonna be great? 
Um, that we're going to make sure that everybody has X, Y, or Z. What we know is there's tremendous problems and unintended consequences. Essentially, what this, what a, creating a, a, um, a, a one-size-fits-all federal entitlement program on, to micromanage our, our compensations or how our employment contracts go, that's a little bit like doing what Obamacare did to our health insurance um, the system and saying, you know, everybody has to have this kind of coverage. And we know that led to, um, you know, to tremendous problems and um, dislocation. So I really, I think that it's, it's not, a, it's, you know, it's, 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 we should still have, a, there's a lot of questions about if the federal government ought to be in the business of deciding this before we take that enormous leap and giving gov- the federal government control over this aspect of life as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that leads uh, nicely into kind of a wrap up question. Uh, if we have those conversations and, and the, the opinion is that, yeah, the federal government should be providing this, you know, what, what do you think the likelihood of a plan like this would be to get through Congress? Um, well, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's hard to ever know what Congress is going to be able to get past, past <laughs> these days. Um, certainly, you know, it's, it's been funny because a, a lot of the folks on the, um, on the left have really um, uh, you know, criticized anything that's come out of the White House, even when it sounds awfully like what, what some of them have proposed in the past. Um, so given the gridlock in Washington, it might be hard to get, get anything through. Um, but there's a lot of interest in it, you know, and there, there is um, – uh, you know, some support for proposals like this. So we definitely, it's a, that's a, a big question mark in my mind. Hmm. Well, Carrie, this has been a great conversation. I mean, this table you've done has been baking in the oven for a while. I don't think it's done yet, <laughs> but we'll, we'll keep our eyes on it for when it is. Um, so thank you to our listeners. We hope that you will join us for the next podcast. And thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Patrice. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or Stop by IWF.org for similar content.